0: If you're being led by the Lord, even through the failures, even through the slip-ups, even through the mistakes, know that who I am becoming is more important
1: than where I'm coming from. Hey, Remnant, welcome to the Remnant Podcast, episode 11. For all you new listeners, this whole podcast is designed for men, to help men, whether you're single, uh, dating, engaged, married, father, Whatever life stage you're in, the content you'll find on this podcast will help you. We want to help you grow. And so today's episode is a good one. It's a special one. It actually comes from a session from our remnant retreat. We, We do a retreat every year. And we had a session where Pastor Jordan Boy shared on Smash the Idols. And really, it was about destroying the things in your life that are trying to destroy you. He takes us through the story of Gideon and, and how God you know, calls Gideon a mighty warrior, but Gideon was in the wine press. He was hiding, and the Bible says he was threshing wheat in the wine press, and, and that's not how you do it. It's, it's a picture of, of, of what oppression looks like. He's mighty and strong, but he's hiding, and he's trying to thresh wheat in a place where it should not be done, and so not only is he hiding, but he's ineffective. It's a picture of what sin does to you. Sin makes you hide, and sin makes you Ineffective. This was, uh, without a doubt, one of the most powerful sessions we had at the retreat. And at the end, there's actually an exercise where uh, we had the men identify idols in their lives, you know, write them down, and we smashed idols literally. It was really powerful, but we'll do something a a little bit similar like that at the end of this podcast. I'll give you some time to reflect, so just make sure you you stay all the way through. I really think this message is going to help you. I'll talk more about the applications at the end of this, but for now, let's jump in to reading Judges 6, verse 12 let's listen. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him,
0: the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? We're all as wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us? up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and has given us into the hand of Midian, our enemies. Here's a frustrated man and a confused man, and yet God calls him a mighty man of war. Because maybe God can see who you really are, even when your circumstances don't make sense of that. And what I love about what God does is that God will show you the man that you really are, and then bring you through the process to make you that man. The process, just because you're in a process, does not mean that 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 you are not deep down really that man. God speaks almost to the future, the future present. You are this man and I'll make you that man. You really are this man. You're not this ineffective weak hidden, oppressed, depressed, addict. That's not who you really are. Who you really are, because he's the creator, is you are a mighty man of valor. You have values. You have character. Now, your current circumstances aren't good, but God comes to let you know who you really are so that he can begin to bring you the process to make you who he made you to be all along. And in that process, there should not be shame, there should not be guilt. That should not be the, the guiding light through the process of who you're becoming. If you're being led by the Lord, even through the failures, even through the slip ups, even through the mistakes, know that who I am is, is who, I, who I am becoming is more important than where I'm coming from. Does that make sense? Because this is, this is how God speaks to his people. This isn't me preaching this. This is how God speaks to his people who are suffering from oppression. He says, I know what you're under, but I also know what's in you. And so God will show you the man that you really are and then bring you through the process to make you that man. And Gideon is confused, as we all would be. And so he he can't help it, but he says, God, if God is for me, why is all this happening to me? Have you ever felt that way? If God really is for me, why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still caught up in this? Why, do I still, uh, why, why am I still feeling this? If you're for me, why am I stuck in this circumstance? It's sometimes difficult to hear the promises of God and then look at our present difficulties and put them together. But could we agree that God can be for you without everything being perfect? Could we agree on that? That a perfect God can be for you without everything being perfect in your life. Like your finances aren't perfect. I'm putting it lightly for some of you. But God's still for you. You Your marriage might not be perfect, but God's still for you. Your mind and your thought pattern might not be perfect, but God's still for you. There's people in here that are going to need physical healings in your body. Your body might not be perfect, but God is still for you. Perfection is for heaven. The journey is for earth. We're not going to be ashamed of the journey. We're not going to be mad at the journey. And we're not also going to be afraid to ask God about where we're at on the journey. I believe you. He didn't reject what God says. All right, I hear you. But help me make sense of what's happening here because I still need help. I still need some leadership, I still need some direction. And he even brings up his father. I, I know that you've done it before. But what the heck? What's going on now? I'm grateful what God did in my father's time. My dad will tell me about renewals and revivals. But truly, I do not want to die without seeing it myself. I want to see it myself. I want to see it myself. And so here's this desire saying, I want freedom. I want to, I want to see what my father recounted. I want to see the Lord bring us out of, out of Egypt. And, and, and I want to see... All that you have for me. And, and and we see this dichotomy of God being for him, even in the midst of Him his imperfection, which I think is very helpful for you to know that you can simultaneously be a mighty warrior and hidden in a hole. I think you could be both at the same time. I think you could be both. I hope this sets you free. Just because you're hiding in a hole, just because maybe you're hurt, just because maybe you're afraid, you know, just because maybe you haven't fully overcome, just because maybe there's some areas of your life where you have not yet conquered, and maybe you do, maybe you are still conquered, that does not mean that you're not yet still a mighty warrior. You can be a mighty warrior and still have some issues and still have some issues. And God's not surprised by those, by the way, right? God shows up to Gideon in the hole just to let him know, I'm going to bring you out of this. And by the way, it was me. You know, like the good Samaritan finds a person by the side of the road. Just so you know, you didn't climb your way back in here. It was all me. You know, so stay humble. Stay humble. Mighty warrior, but hidden in a hole. Sometimes there are obstacles between your current circumstances and your true identity. Obstacles. Sometimes there are obstacles. There are things in between your current circumstances, and your true identity. Today, I want to talk to you about the hidden obstacle of idolatry. The hidden issue of idolatry. This is maybe something that you might feel is foreign, but I would actually, I'd actually propose that this might be one of the primary issues that you deal with and you don't even know. And so I'm going to put a name to it. And by the end, you're going to put a name to it. And then we're going to deal with it. The hidden issue of idolatry. The hidden obstacle, the 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 hurdle of idolatry, the hindrance of idolatry, the trap of hid, hid, idolatry, the the catch, the snare, the snag of idolatry. So you might say, okay, well, what is an idol? Because I don't I don't at home have candles, and I don't have you know a Buddha, and I, I don't I don't have a, a shrine. So where is the idol that's supposedly in my life an idol? And if you need a definition, we'll go off this as a working definition. An idol is anything that you accept that takes the place of prominence in your life. That's what an idol is. An idol is anything that you accept. I, I might even use the word create that takes the place of prominence and preeminence in your life. In other words, anything that supersedes God, anything that takes the place of God, that is an idol. So so you might you might say, "Well, well, how, how can I tell what that is? Because I love God, and, and I don't really know I don't really know if anything necessarily is superseding God in my life. I don't know if there's anything preeminent in my life or prominent in my life. Let me ask you this question. What do your thoughts, your resources and your mo- emotions primarily uh, circle around? Your thoughts, your resources, and your emotions? What do they primarily consider? What do they primarily think about? Like some of you might actually have a physical idol and it's a computer screen and it has your portfolio on 24 seven. And you say, I got no idols. I beg to differ. I actually think it's in the most prominent place in your, whole, in your whole world. And those you know more about those stocks and you know more about those coins than you know about anything in your life. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to tell you Idolatry is not ancient, it's present. It's present. There is so many things. Where does my emotions, where's the spike in my emotions go to? Your idol could be a sport. Your idol could be your golf clubs. Your idol could be your body. Where's the emotions? Where's the thoughts and where's the resources? Some of you could tell what your idol is based off an app. You pull up the amount that you spend and you might realize oh shoot my idol is entertainment you know all right i'm going to move on because i don't i don't want you to I want you to hear my voice i'm i'm i am not here to condemn i'm here to i'm here for, to ask you to consider and i'm here to challenge an idol is anything that blessings come from or curses from come from that is not from god Maybe areas that you're afraid of, things you don't want to offend, things that you feel like this this can determine the blessing in my life or this can determine the curse in my life. You know, this is why I, 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 I want you to consider, and I'm giving you these idols just as we're going, substances, substances. Is that the blessing or is that the curse of your life? Is that the curse of your life? This you must consider when you're trying to unearth, when you're trying to find out what is my idol. Because you have to understand, always in the Old Testament, the idol was put in a high place. It was always up on a mountain. It was always somewhere untouchable. It was always somewhere that reigned above. And, and we do this in our life. So the question I have for you to, to answer is, what do I venerate? What do I venerate? What do I venerate with my time, my words, my emotions? What do I venerate? I remember one time my dad brought me on a missions trip. We went to Thailand. We would work with the Karen tribe. Uh there's a tribe of Christians between Burma and Thailand. Millions of people, absolutely insane poverty conditions. My dad brought me there when I was a kid and I had never seen anything like like Thailand to this day. I it was an extreme poverty third world country. And and, and you know we were in the hotel, which seemed kind of nice, but as soon as you went outside the hotel grounds, you were struck by another world. And I remember one time we, on the trip, we went to uh, the market that the people of Thailand had gone to, and the the sewage there was open sewage. It ran right underneath the market, and there was a grate over the sewage, but the grate was broken. So you had to watch where you watch where you walked because you would just stand, you would just step into open sewage, and the flies in the market were so prominent that you couldn't see what food there was because the flies would cover it. So to decide if this is what you wanted, you had to swat the flies and they would all go out and then you would say, oh, I don't want mac and cheese today. Pig heads and, and, and I mean, just things that you, you couldn't imagine is even food. And I won't even tell you about the people that were there, but you have never seen such such mutilated bodies just just absolute tough to look at, tough to look at begging by the side of the road. When I was a kid, and I was taking all this in, and I could not believe the smell was overwhelming. I'd never smelled anything as bad in my whole life as as I did in that market and I remember my Dad pulled me aside as a young boy, and he said, you see all this? See how these people live? I said, yeah, I said, it's not good, is it? And he said, I want you to look up on that mountain. And when we did, there was a stunning temple. Inlaid in gold, dragons all around, pearls, ivory. It was a temple to Buddha. It was unlike anything you've ever seen in its brilliance. The sun was hitting it and glinting off. To this day, I can see it in my mind's eye. My dad said, son, never forget. The blessings flow down from the God that you serve. The blessings flow down from the God that you serve. When you serve a false God, you live under the blessing, the curse of that falseness, and it will flow down and cover your whole life. Who you serve, is the primary decision you have to make concerning not just your eternity, but everything on your life. And if you have put an idol in the high place, you have to figure out what it is and tear it down because you do not want to stand under the blessings of any other God but Yahweh. Only Jesus, only his blood, Only his life is worthy of our lives to stand under and receive the blessings from. Idolatry is the thing that puts you in the ground. Christ is the thing that raises you out of it. So when God calls Gideon and calls him to rescue his people, he gives him some instructions and the instructions are very simple. I want you to smash the idol. In Judges chapter 6 verse 25, you scroll down a little bit. It says this. That night, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah. You, you might not know what Asherah is, but maybe you've heard of Ishtar. Ishtar is the god Asherah, Babylonian god that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord on top of that stronghold here. You see, that's the process. You have to smash the idols and build a primary and preeminent altar on top of the thing that you used to serve to Jesus. And then I want you to take the second bull. How old is the second bull? Hmm, How long have they been oppressed? Very interesting. There has to be a sacrifice and there has to be a new altar and new blood because there needs to be a new God. And offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. That's cool. God's just throwing it in their face. I want you to cut down the wooden pole and then I want to use that as the fuel for my praise. (laughs) That's powerful. So Gideon took 10 men of his servants and he did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. (laughs) He was nervous. Here's here's what I'm saying. You have to figure out what the idols are in your life. And this is the voice of God to you. If you want to be a mighty man of valor, the first thing you have to do is smash the idols. You have to pull them down. You are not supposed to manage your idols. You are not supposed to just create a little bit distance from your idols. You're not supposed to maybe just turn your back on your idols. You need to smash them. We do not want to manage our issues. You do not want to manage your addictions. You do not want to manage your sin. Because let me tell you, the enemy will even give you the illusion that you're in charge. If he's still standing, you could be in charge as long as the idol is in the high place. But God does not ask for us to manage the idols. He asks for us to pull them down, smash them, use them as the fuel for the praise to him for the rest of our lives. In other words, I hate that thing so much. I'm never, ever going to forget it. And I'm going to let that be the fuel for my praise going forward 5, 10, 25, 35 years until I see Jesus. But know this, please hear me. You must smash the idols. Your mama can't do it. I can't do it. A conference can't do it. Even a retreat can't do it. One thing that I just feel is like a thread through all of this. There is no magic pill. There is no altar that will solve all of your problems. You are going to have to get to work. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. Even Gideon couldn't pull it down on his own. He needed 10 men. He needed 10 men. You're going to have to get some tribes. You're going to have to get some brothers. You're going to have to get some people that have the same heart and same soul as you. Because the rest of the town might not. The rest of the nation might not. Your father might not even. Your parents might not even agree. So i got to find some brothers that are going to be with me in this thing. And i got to be okay with them knowing I, this is my idol, but I I want it out of my life. And let them begin to pull with you, challenge with you, press with you, pray with you, lead with you, because you must smash the idols if you are going to be all who God called you to be. And you might say, well, what if I receive this from my father? You have to smash it. Well, it's important to him. You have to smash it. Well, my family won't understand. You have to smash it. Well, the townspeople might get angry. Can I tell you what will happen when you begin to challenge idols? Everyone's going to get angry. Everyone's going to get angry. I'll tell you what, nobody has a problem. Nobody has a problem when I talk about peace. Nobody has a problem when I talk about joy. Nobody has a problem when I talk about anxiety. Oh, we need this. But when I mention the word abortion, people lose their minds. When I mention the word uh, sex, sexuality, addiction, homosexuality, people lose their minds. When I talk about culture, people lose their minds. When I dare to mention the word secular government, both sides, people lose their minds. Because you can say whatever you want, but don't talk about our true gods. Don't touch the idols. Fear is not a good enough reason to not pull down the the deep-seated things in your life. Fear of others or their opinion or what they'll say or what they'll do is not a good enough reason to not do this. And hey, listen, maybe... I really want to encourage you. You don't have to do all of the inner work publicly. You know, get some trusted people. You don't have to tell everyone what you're going through. You don't have to tell everyone your deep-seated issues. You can do it in the cover of night. You can you can do it where you say, hey, it's it's just us, but I want to be honest with you. Here's the idol. Here's the location. I need your help. Will you help me pull this thing down? You just need some trusted advisors to say, we're going to be with you. But in the end, the goal is that the idol is smashed, not managed. And and, and I'll add one more, by the way, to this. (laughs) The whole town will get frustrated. Culture always hates when the church goes after the idols. I'll tell you, in awakening, our goal is not to be loved by the world. It's not biblical. Our goal is to be loved by Jesus and a light to the world. I don't want to dim my light so that I can be relevant to darkness. I want to turn the light up so that those that are living in a deep darkness can find a way to Christ. Let the contrast come. Amen. But in order to serve God Almighty, hear me, all lesser gods must die. In order to give God your life, every other lesser God in your life must die and no one can pull down the idols that reign over you but you and they have to be smashed not managed because see the enemy will want to say well you know what let's just manage them let's just deal with them let's just hide them let's just put them away and we'll you know we'll see i always got a backdoor i got another option i love god but i got this i'm i you know like i i i i'm going to serve but i i i I've got this backdoor option. Like I've, I've got my marriage, but I've got another. I got another option. I, have got a secondary God if the first God doesn't work out. And God says, "You will have no other gods before me, behind me, or around me. I'm your only option." And and you, you have to come to the place in life where you're willing to give up any other God in order to receive Jesus because He won't share the throne. He won't. You know, there's this story about uh, a woman named Rachel, the husband, the 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 wife of Jacob, and you know, Jacob is in the lineage, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, you know, Jacob served in Laban's house for 14 years. And finally, when it was all done, he was coming with uh, his wife, Rachel, and Leah, and all of his his uh, flocks. God had blessed him mightily. Unbelievable. But he had to leave under the cover of night because him and Laban, you know, they didn't get along very well towards the end. And there seemingly wasn't not enough blessings for everybody. So he says, hey, we got to get out of here because we're growing too big. Let's go our separate ways. Well, when he was on his way, his favorite wife, Rachel, which is a weird phrase to say, his favorite wife. Rachel, old time man, they did weird stuff. Uh, she took the idols from her father's house. Even though they were going to God's promised land, she said, just in case, let me take these things with me. Because I, I, my husband's blessed, but maybe it's because of my father's idols. I'm not quite sure. So she took the idols. Well, Laban ran after him and caught up with him. And and he said, "Where are my idols?" And Jacob said, "I don't have your idols. Well, go ahead, and search." And he searched everywhere, and he couldn't find them. And and because Rachel had taken the idols and she had hidden them under her saddle on her camel, and 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 she had she had hidden these things. And and what I find interesting about this is these idols. Because sometimes when we think about them, sometimes they're in the high place and they were giant. But many idols in the ancient times, just like today, are very small. So some idols are large. But some idols are small enough for you to hide. Just hide. Small, hidden, but powerful. Powerful. And so she took it and she hid it underneath her saddle. And the Bible says this. uh, Rachel said to her father when he was searching and he came to her, her saddle. She said, don't be angry, my Lord, for I cannot stand up in your presence. She says, the way of woman is upon me. So he searched, but he could not find the household gods. Here's two things I want you to know. Number one, what you hide will eventually control you. Always. And if you hide lesser gods, lesser things in your life, they will eventually control you. And two, look at what she says. She says, forgive me, my father, because I cannot stand up in your presence. When you hide idols, you cannot stand in the presence of the father. I see it sometimes, you know. I see it when worship gets really powerful, someone can't handle it and they gotta go. I see in the sermon, people sometimes can't handle it and they got to go. And they might even think, well, they said this wrong. They said that wrong. But can I be honest? I think I know what it is. I think you have a hidden idol and you cannot stand in the presence of the father. God will not share his space, guys. And he's saying, you smash the idols, then you're welcome to my presence. But if you're going to bring those false gods, I'm going to reject and repel you until you get rid of those things. When you are hiding idols, you cannot stand in your father's presence. Jacob knew this. So the closer they got to Bethel later on in the journey, before they reached the destination, Jacob said to all of his family, put away your idols, bury them, smash them, kill them, because we cannot enter into Bethel, the house of the Lord, while we are carrying these idols of a foreign god in a foreign land. There must be a defining marker between the church and the world where the idols cannot cross over. And so my question for you today is, as we're talking through these things, does this make sense to you as as I'm speaking? Does this make sense? What are some common idols of culture that you've seen? And maybe you feel this in your life, or maybe you've seen it with your father, or maybe you've seen it around you, but what are some common idols that you have seen in your life? You go ahead, you say them, I'm going to write some down. All right. So let's say sports. Someone said alcohol? Women, women women lust hey tell me why family cuz family's supposed to be a good thing how could a good thing ever become an idol you know psychologists even have a word but this is called codependence tim tim just said your kids what else what else drugs concerts music let me see. you know what's funny you said concerts i'm, I'm going to say music but i think concerts could be it but um did you see the did you see the worship that just went on at the grammys worship satanic demonic, idolatrous and it's getting it's getting clearer and clearer if the goal is to relate we're gonna have a difficult time what else what else ha took us a while to get to money money should probably be at the top who said uh, ourselves popularity that's a really interesting what you said? Social media. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put body here under cell. Right? Man, you could be obsessed with your body. Porn. Yep. Absolutely can be an idol. I'm going to put that near lust. Okay. What else? Celebrities. Celebrities. I'd say that's a rising idol. Government. Definitely the news. I think the news could be what... No, you're not wrong. Hey, who said video games? Do you want to expound on that? can dominate your life? Time? Emotion? Resources? Why don't we put the word identity? Identity is a new god. Secular government is a new god. They are... They are idols trying to find their way into the church. That's for sure. I'll, I'll put material goods. Material. Um, I think these are really good. Yeah, I think your house could be underneath that. We know your house could become your God. Your car. car could become your God. Your kitchen could become your God. Basement could become your God. Yeah, I think philosophy. I would even go higher to say even education. You know? knowledge knowledge puffs up makes proud I love that knowledge philosophy yeah 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 schooling um, witchcraft let me use the word spirituality right, because I think it will I'm going to leave these up here okay now you might think of some other ones and honestly there might be some that I didn't understand um, but that but that might be relevant to you The reason I'm writing these on the board is because I want to give you a framework to figure out what idol are you struggling with. Maybe what idol have you given too much space in your mind, will, or emotion? Maybe it even has a space in your house. Maybe it's something that has gone too far. Do you know that idols usually start as a good thing? Even back then, they wanted good crops. There's nothing wrong with good crops. You don't get good crops, you die. But now they have attached it to a God. Crops become the God. Well, they want good. They want a good uh, trade. So that money, not wrong. Good. You need to survive. But, But if you attach it to an idol and you make it a God, that's a problem. And a spirit gets, by the way, gets to get on this thing. Gets to get on this thing. You know, and so, and so I think that, um, I think that that some of these things could be good, but if they ever get in the place of God, they are as destructive as any other evil thing. And so I'm not I'm not I'm not even suggesting, you know, moderation in some of these areas. Some of these things need to be absolutely smashed. Some need to be replaced. Some some of these things maybe need to go out of the order of preeminence down way down the totem pole. And maybe maybe that's where you say this isn't an idol, but this needs to this needs to be back down in my life. But these are some things that are very practical, very practical. But if they become your god, they will be your death. I want to read another. I want to read another another thing. The book of Ju- Judges. It says this. Judges six thirty one. Says, but Joash said to all who stood against him, "Will you contend for Baal?" You see, what had happened is Gideon had torn down Baal and now Joash the father they're going to kill Gideon says to all of them will you contend for Baal or will you save him whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning but if he if he is a god let him contend for himself because his altar has been broken down therefore on that day Gideon was called Jerubbabel that is to say the name means let Baal contend against him because he broke down his altar i want to tell you this truth and then we're going to we're going to we're going to move into the practical section here some Smashing your idols, sometimes when you smash your idols and you go into this process, it can release a new identity in your life. It can, release, it can release a new step in your life. It can release a new clarity in your life. It can release a new vision. It can release a new mantle in your life. Are you with me? But you must smash the old in order to receive the new. Gideon means destroyer. But Derubable means let Baal contend for himself. This man was born to destroy Baal. And if Baal is God, contend for yourself because we are in a battle. There are some things in here that you might have to fight for your whole life. But let it fight back. Let it contend for itself. But I'm not going to be an ally to this stuff you have to have the right concept as you approach some of these things that you come that you are going to come against in your life if you want to change core aspects of who you are you must be willing to remove core things that you worship does that make sense so i believe that god changes your identity your identity after you have a spiritual encounter with him and you begin to obey him and he begins to release new things over your life i believe that god has some things for us as men to step into. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. God changed Simon's name to Peter. God changed Saul's name to Paul. I think God is into giving new identities, but I think that right now we need to come before him and we need to be honest about the areas where he has taken a back seat in our life and other things have become God. Right now, we want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and reveal those things to us so that God can release us into the next step that he has for us. Change our name, change our identity, give us strength, bring us out of oppression. So come, Lord Jesus, right now and come begin to reveal some of these some of these idols, God, some of these things that need to shift
1: and change. Jesus, come right now. Remnant, I want to take some time at the end of this episode Uh, To give you a space to reflect and maybe take some personal stock, ask yourself, are there any idols in your life? Take a moment and pray. I mean, even as you're listening right now, begin to pray and ask God, is there anything in my life that needs to be destroyed? Are there any idols that need to be smashed? You know, my question to you would be, what radical action will you take to destroy the thing in your life that wants to destroy you? I'm going to keep this music going for a little bit just to give you some time, but go ahead, pray, ask God, seek, be honest. And if God identifies an idol in your life, do something about it. God bless you, Remnant.